You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 11 of PlayStation Unchained, PSU.com's one and only podcast. I'm your host, Mike Carradance. Uh This is actually uh, uh, take two of uh, this week's podcast, which is arriving a bit late because we recorded a whole episode on Friday evening, only to find out that it was absolutely useless and we couldn't publish it, which really, really sucks. Um, but anyway, I'm joined again, fortunately, by the same team, which is Ben. Uh, Hello. Lee Millington. Say hi, Lee. Hello. Good to have you on the podcast again. Well, this is technically your first time, but second because we recorded that for one that won't people won't hear, unfortunately. But there we go. And lastly, Paul <laughs> Kelly again. Hey, Paul, Hello. how's it going? I'm good, thanks. Good, good, good. So, guys, how are we doing? We've had a good weekend, apart from the misfortunes of having to re-record. How's it been going? Pretty good. Well, it's you know, I don't mind doing this again. It's a pleasure to be back with you guys. So, can't complain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good, yeah, it's, it's odd recording on the Sunday, uh, especially this late, but yeah, it's, it's good to be back, guys. Um, okay, well, um, there's not really much else to say apart from that, let's jump straight into the news, guys, we don't want to keep our listeners waiting. Uh, first of all, guys, GTA V, been doing um, big on the news lately, this time it's, we found out that it's eclipsed, uh, in the UK this is, uh, GTA V has eclipsed, li- eclipsed lifetime sales of GTA Four. After three weeks on sale, uh, GTA 4, of course, released uh, in April 2008, I believe. And GTA 5 came out on September 17th. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And um, well, there we go. It's already outsold lifetime sales of its predecessor. What do we think? Wow. Hey, eh? pretty awesome. I mean, that's just staggering news. You wouldn't think that Grand Theft Auto could get any more popular. But um, I mean take up in consoles i guess must be going up we well, gotta um, remember also lee it's near the end of this console generation this is probably the peak of how many people will buy stuff mm. because you'll have the most amount of people have bought the console now because the console is going to end soon and then you've yeah. got all those people that are yeah moving on to next yeah yeah. yeah very very true um the um uh install base of um, PS3 and Xbox free, uh, 360 is pretty much um, at an all-time high now. So Yeah, it's cool. 150 million altogether. There we go, yeah. yeah over, probably. Yeah, and so. um, yeah, I mean, and also it's helped that it's um, GTA, obviously. I mean, let's yep. face it, that always sounds like hotcakes. So yeah, that's um, pretty impressive stuff there. I can't wait to actually see some more figures on that over the next couple of um, fiscal um, quarters and stuff to see how well it does in each quarter, I bet it'd be just be keep going up and up and up. There's going to be some well big figures from this in terms of re- re- revenue. So, um, yeah. Um, next up, guys, um, keeping up with um, what's going on with PS4, we have a new game coming out for that and PS Vita in the form of Injustice God Among- Gods Among Us. Uh, this isn't obviously a new game, it's a re- re-release, which is also coming out on PS3, PC and 360. Uh, the Ultimate Edition. Uh, it's not coming out on Xbox One, though, which is weird. But um, this is the full game with all existing DLC. Uh, any Injustice fans here? Anyone thinking, maybe perhaps thinking of picking it up now that the Ultimate Edition is coming out? Now that oh. I've seen the... Sorry, carry on, Paul. Well, I've not bought the original, but I am interested in the Ultimate Edition. I mean, have you seen that footage of the Vita version? That's come out. Yeah, it looks footage. good. Yeah, it looked pretty good. I put on the uh, chat after the... Um... Podcast yeah, was done. It looked All pretty right. good. First time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and and what something else that we actually spoke about in our um, Dilly Departed first part of the podcast that we tried was uh, the um, visuals in um, Mortal Kombat on the Vita and how they were actually quite poor in terms of the character models. And this one actually looks like it's a lot better. Is that right? Am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, it feels a lot better. Yeah, there, it still doesn't look as good as what they could do, though, but it does look better than their previous version. It does look. Yeah. That's cool. well, well, that's good. I'm um, I'm interested in this game. I, to be honest, I, I have to be careful what I say. I'll buy at this point because I end up just buying too much and not ever getting around to it. So I hate um, to say, as much as I want to buy the Vita version, 
because the PS4 version is on at the same time, and I can use the PS4 to remote play to the Vita, yeah, I'm probably just going to buy the PS4. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't you be a bad thing. can't remote play when you're at your house. Well, you can. When you've not got, like, when you've not got an internet connection. Yeah, true. But yeah. most of the times I'm near an internet connection, so... And oh, you, you, I don't play the Vita outside because it's too sunny. And... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just yeah. play outdoors completely. I've never yeah. uh, played Vita outside, actually. Um, I've taught my Vita, yeah, but I've never played it outdoors. I've always been inside yeah. when playing yeah. it. Yeah, I, I've taken my Vita on holiday with me, but obviously it's something to do indoors. But yeah. To be fair, I'm, I, I can't say much. I'm the same person that went to Eurogamer, an event with consoles, and I've spent the whole day playing on video games. <laughs> and I brought my PS3 down with me. Just to play Final Fantasy fourteen at night. So really I, I... <laughs> That's hardcore, man. Hardcore. Um I, I paid for the hotel's Wi Fi just so I could play it. <laughs> Dedication. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on guys, from PS four to PS five now. What PS five? Yes, PS five. We're already hearing about it. Or at least something that Tekken boss Katsu Hiro Harada has said, which um he believes that um PS5 or whatever it's going to be called isn't going to be a traditional console but rather a cloud-based service. Um, he quotes, uh, this is from the um, latest issue of the Mitsu uh, via Jewel Shockers, so thanks for the translation guys. I quote, I think in the future things will be played on the service rather than on the hardware. The cloud is often mentioned and if cloud services progress, the time when only the name of the service re- will remain comes someday. The, PS- the PS5 probably won't have a main console but just a screen and controller. So what remains will be just the name of the service. It could just be named PlayStation Network. Steam is defined by a platform, but it's not a hardware platform. It's the name of the service. Uh, guys, so what do you think of this? So I think we can agree that at some point the industry will transition to a digital-only future, but would it be uh, the generation after this next one coming up, or would it be a bit later than that, do you reckon? I think it's too early to tell, really. I think we'll, we'll see how successful Gaikai is, and we'll see if uh, broadband capabilities uh, really improve in Europe, because obviously Europe is notorious for bad broadband. And uh, But if, America's if, worse. Exactly. So if, if, if America's worse, then... And America's a pretty big install base for, uh, for uh, the consoles, then... It might not happen for a couple of generations. Um, we'll see really what happens in the next one. I'm ready though. I have my fiber optics. So I'm ready. Bring it on. My body is ready. My body, my my internet is ready. <laughs> my body is ready. <laughs> I just got that in there. Uh, I, I, I somehow think there should there should always be a story on Reggie that we can talk about, but unfortunately that's always the case. <laughs> yeah, um, I um. I agree. I mean, it's going that way, definitely. But I've, I've always been a, a boxed kind of guy, as in packaged goods and stuff. I don't know why. I just like having something I can put on my shelf and say, that's mine. I bought this with, you know, I, I remember back in the PS1 days when you had like the case and the thick instruction booklet and stuff. And I used to, before playing every game, I used to read it and everything. I just, I don't know why. I'm just getting all nostalgic here, man. Isn't know. that what you read when you're on the bog? The manual. <laughs> Well, yeah. I can't play the games. So I'm just going to sit here reading what I will be playing in a minute. I can't uh, play it right now, but I will soon. Oh, okay, I will well, soon. We won't. We won't keep this back. We look. We look to the future, and this is very much in the now. Um, Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide Studios boss uh, Shuhei Yoshida has said that he's still looking forward to um, Quantic Dream's PS4 project, despite mixed reviews of Beyond Two Souls. Now, just for the record, um, actually, no, I won't say that because we'll get to that later. We did review Beyond Two Souls and we'll tell you what we thought of that later on. But uh, let's just say that the internet was very mixed on this. Uh, it did get some great scores, but there are quite a few low ones as well. I think the lowest I saw was four out of ten, which was very, very shocking. But anyway, um, I quote, and this is... Uh, Wait there, Mike. Was that Polygon? No, it wasn't Polygon. No. Oh, I am the shocked. No, it wasn't Polygon. It was actually um, Videogamer.com. But there we go. Um... Uh, it's not, it's not, this podcast isn't for us to judge on that, but yeah, there we go. Um, right on Twitter, he said, so I visited, uh, David Cage at Quantic Dreams office in Paris. 
uh, shared my honest view that would be on to reassure how much I'm excited with his next project. Now, this could just be totally reading into it and misinterpretate, uh, misinterpreting the text, which I'm not into. But where he said, shared my honest feedback with Brion, reassured how much I'm excited. It seems to me that his honest feedback perhaps wasn't as positive. And the fact that he had to reassure how much he's, how much he's excited ten, tells me that maybe he wasn't that taken with Brion. Uh, what do you think, guys? That sounds, sounds about right to me. I mean, Cage has always been... Well, Quantic Dreams has always been divisive and their yes. work has always been divisive. Yes. Um, and um, I mean, I'm sure Yoshida, he, he has to maintain that fine line between looking for, you know, IPs that are original, yeah. uh, which Quantic Dreams is always looking for. They're always trying to make uniquely original content or Indeed. stuff that kind of toes the line and is guaranteed sales. Um, and obviously with Beyond Two Souls uh, not necessarily getting the reviews that uh, they were looking for um, I think obviously he'd, Yoshida would want something that uh, they could rely on getting sales for in the next generation Yeah, it's, um, yeah I agree I mean um, uh, Beyond is very um, uh, not sorry not Beyond the Quantic Dream they um they definitely, uh, they're not catering to like the um, traditional mainstream gamer. I think it's fair to say that. And they're, um, it, like you said, it's very divisive. I think that, I like to think that um, Heavy Rain perhaps tried to, um, when I think, I like to think it won over some new fans because that was a damn good game. I mean, I'm not sure. I haven't played Beyond yet, so I'm not sure. I can't really comment on that. But I would like to see more of David Cage's games still around in the next five years because I do like, the fact that they're so different from anything else. And I know people are criticised them being it's just a glorified um, quick-time event fest or whatever, but I I found the story compelling enough to, like, kind of transcend any frustrations I had with that. So I, I really enjoyed him. I hope I enjoyed Beyond, but that's... Um, I'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, uh, Paul, Ben, anything you want to add on that before we move on quickly? Not really, because I've replayed many of their games, so... Oh, okay. I still have heavily, ra- heavy, heavily, heavily, heavy yeah, rain heavy still rain. on my shelf. Oh damn! Get I'll into that. It. Get into that, man. Yeah. ASAP. Seriously. It's collector's edition as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's move on now to um, a hardware-related um, issue with PS4. Um, Bluetooth headsets not compatible with PS4. USB headsets will require post-launch update. Uh, this um, courtesy of Game Informer, some pertinent information regarding how your existing headsets will work on PS4 uh, has service today. This was posted on October 11th by Matthew Dore. Um, as it stands, various brands of headsets won't be compatible until a system update is made available subsequent to the PlayStation 4's launch this November. This unfortunately includes Sony's own Pulse headset and Astro-branded devices which rely on USB connectivity. Um, so, guys, do we... Um, are we big headset gamers here? I presume you are because you all play online and stuff. How does this affect you? What do you reckon about this? I'm not much. Need... Oh, carry on. Clarification. We need to know what will work exactly, what's going to get updated and what isn't going to work at all. Yeah, I'm so gonna... You would have thought that would have come out by now, wouldn't you? I'm but... going to yeah. say this, Paul, that if you get a headset, expect it not to work at launch. Yeah, that's what I'm probably going to end up having to go with but remember you get the free headset the cheap headset free headset with the PS4 anyway so you've got that at launch anyway until they patch it yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was um, the, the report also adds but um, it was suspected that compatibility would be afforded to all existing headsets um, next gen as we reported in July so this news will be disappointing for some especially those who invest in expensive Bluetooth headsets so yes those who did buy ahead of schedule will no doubt be very very pissed off at that I, can I think the, I don't know if it's hardware based that causes it though it might be the fact that the controller uses um, the bandwidth that they had set for the headset beforehand I'm not much into yeah. wireless technology so I can't really subscribe much yeah I have to admit I'm um, yeah, it's just a case of me reading there I'm not very but uh... because the head the headset also has audio mm-hmm. yeah the controller sorry the controller also has audio they might be having some interference between the controller and current headsets if they're both broadcasting at the same frequency. That could uh, be one of the reasons why there's the issue. But I think, I, I'm not... Sorry, carry on, Lee. I was, I was just going to say, I think it would be nice if we were told the reason why, because I think that would placate a lot of 
people because they'll be like, oh, okay, fair enough. If there's nothing they can do, there's nothing they can do. Yeah. Well, out of all the reasons, I think mine's pretty much it. But until Sony say anything, I could I could be talking a lot of bollocks. <laughs> no, you never talk bollocks, Ben. And if you do, it's golden bollocks. All the dogs, <laughs> <I say. laughs> the very qu- the best quality of bollocks available. Let's just say that. You buy one ball, you get one free. <laughs> we are definitely scratching this metaphor. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's. Um... It's a hard one right now. Okay, uh, let's. Um... <laughs> Let's drop the um, drop the um, balls there and just move on to something a bit more. Uh, PS4, Xbox. Um, oh wait, there. I do believe I clicked on something a bit different than I originally meant to. Yes, that's probably because uh, the links here are, are actually wrong. But I'll read the story anyway. Okay. Uh, PS uh, PS4, Xbox One versions of Assassin's Creed 4 offer for, um, offer a richer, more alive world. Says developer Ubisoft Montreal. Um, as you guys know, that it's coming out on multiple systems. Um, but um, which one do you plan to get, actually, guys? Are you going to bother with the next generation version? Because apparently, it's good, in terms of overall effects and everything, it's going to be like uh, better water effects and stuff, like foliage rustles, and you know, as your you know your clothes kind of like they're affected by Cloth the weather. physics. Yeah, basically physics based, everything like that. Is this some? Um, are you going to go for next gen or just go go for the current gen version? Neither. Neither. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, money. Um, mm. I'm buying the PS4, so I can't afford PS4 and a lot of games. Um, and I'm buying Watch Dogs. Ah. Watch Dogs oh, okay. is going to be my. Yeah, I, I don't want two open world RPGs at the same time. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. Not RPGs, are they? I don't want two open world games at the same time. Uh, no, yeah. that, no. Assassin's Creed is more of an action <laughs> adventure game, but it does have RPG. Yeah. I think it does have RPG elements. So at least this yeah. one does, because you upgrade your ship and whatever. But yeah, but I'm totally getting that game. I mean, I've got my black chest edition. Which one are you nice. getting, Mike? What version? I'm getting, I'm getting the current generation version. Um, but the uh, I'm not sure actually. I'm not sure what our review schedule is for PSU with that game because I, my name is down to actually review it, which I'm looking forward to doing. But I don't know if I'm going to be waiting on the PS4 version because obviously in the UK it's the 29th of November, a launch day title, nice. uh, which is basically a month after it comes out in um, for the current gen console. So I don't know what's happening with that. But either way, I'm the current generation version will be in my hands. So whatever, let's I'm let's get PSU to get both of them for you. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it, Mike. Okay, from one big name franchise to another, um, Resident Evil, guys, and this is Resident Evil 7 has cropped up on the uh, LinkedIn profile for Karen Brackenridge, a costume designer based in Los Angeles. Uh, that's basically all the story is, it's just the name Resident Evil 7 on her CV, but this is interesting because if you cast your mind back to um, late 2011... Or Friday... Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, okay, Friday. <laughs> yeah, on the podcast that, that did exist, but doesn't, yeah. It's... Um, uh, Resident Evil 6 uh, appeared on a lot of developer CVs prior to its announcement in January 2012 so uh, it looks like this is happening over again so I'd like to put a bit of faith in this but who knows it could be a load of rubbish but um, if I do if I are making it now I really just hope they uh, go back to their roots with this series or just reboot it because it's um, I think it's like I said I actually said this on, uh, on many podcasts <laughs> as well that I could go about I could do a whole episode on talking about this but I won't we should get you to do one one year, one oh, week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Cap- it's not. What was that I called? was thinking if Capcom are going to reboot one of the franchises, they should reboot Dino Crisis. I would buy yeah. that so yeah. hard. Yeah. Or on Emusha. Or on Emusha. Uh, no, uh, Dino Crisis for me. I'd throw Dino money Crisis. at that. Yeah, I'd be like, take my money. Yeah, as long as they don't get as long as they don't get Spark Unlimited to develop it. Oh god, yeah, I said it in space again. What the hell was that about? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Resident. I mean, Resident Evil is Resident Evil. It's going. It's all over the place at the moment. I just, oh, I just, I think, I think they should you use the Resident Evil remake as a template for where they're going. That's the quintessential version of Resident Evil. That is just look at that and see. Okay, how can we make this slightly more modern, and how can we use this to attract new fans, but also keep the old fans happy as well, without making a hash job of it? Because Resident Evil Six was like a a jack of all trades and a master at nothing. Sadly, with all its um, varying campaigns, but. There we go. See, um, if I was them, I, I'd continue trying co-op, but I'd do it slightly differently. I'd use the co-op as a way to induce fear in some way. 
I would just make it single player if I'm being honest. Resident Evil has never worked co-op for me. I, if it, it has worked co-op for me, but in the mercenaries, which is <laughs> that is fun as how that is, but just keep it out of the main campaign. Resident Evil Five was just not scary at all, and Resident Evil Six still wasn't scary. Seriously, I still I mean, recommend trying Dead Space Three in co-op. Yeah, that's probably that sounds like it worked really well, but that's Dead Space. So Resident, for some reason, Capcom just can't seem to do that. Resident Evil Zero was. It wasn't co-op, but it wasn't the same time. You had two characters, but you could switch between them. And the computer always controlled the second character if you were together, which was Billy and Rebecca. But you could move the um, second character along briefly with the um, second analog stick, but it wasn't a true co-op game. But it still worked because it was still classic Resident Evil and it still worked. So something like that I wouldn't mind, actually, if you could maybe explore separate areas of That'd the... Be um, cool. That would be fantastic. Yeah, anyway, I'm getting way too over my head about this. Um, Do you mind if I go a bit off topic quickly here? We're, we're talking about co-op. Yeah, go, go for it. Uh, I, this, most people don't know this. Another weird fact. Final Fantasy IX, if you yeah. pause the game and go to the control sections, you can actually set two characters, well, as many characters as you want, to play a two in battles. So technically, you could play the Final Fantasy game in co-op. Oh, wow. <laughs> So you could have two people playing two different characters as controller one, or you could have two others as controller two. So when you're in battle, it was technically a co-op game. I did not know that. Was that Final Fantasy IX, did you say? Yeah, and I think eight did it as well. I can't remember about that. What about seven? No, seven didn't oh. do it last time you. Oh, I'd love to play as Barrett. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite fun, actually. But I didn't have a multi-tap, so I couldn't test to see if you could do it with more than two. Oh, the old multi-tap. Yeah, that takes me back. <laughs> Can imagine a four-player party game for Final Fantasy. We're yeah. going to be turn-based party fighting tonight. <laughs> well, wasn't didn't Crystal Chronicles do that? I mean, obviously that was a Nintendo exclusive. Yeah, but that was designed to be uh, multiplayer, though. There's that yes. famous picture, isn't there? <laughs> that Penny Arcade picture where you could use the Game Boy as the controller and then it sort of piled up the cost. Yeah, I sort of had. I sort of bought a GameCube and the Game Boys just for it. And then I found yeah, I had no mates nice. that played Final Fantasy, so I sat there looking at them. <laughs> Bought some hookers. There's <laughs> a player. Yeah. Uh, speaking of um, speaking of hookers, um, GTA <laughs> Online players get five hundred thousand dollars in game cash as game improves dramatically. Yay! <laughs> oh yes. Firstly, I've got. Exactly, you can't complain about that. Rockstar really have kind of outdone themselves. They could yeah, have just that, gone, oh well, what a shame, bye. That, um, yeah, that game's seen some, um, a lot of teeth and issues that it has, but I think yeah. everyone expected that. But um, yeah. yeah, for those who don't know, just for those who don't know for some reason, maybe you've been living under a rock or on Mars, but as a gesture of goodwill <laughs> for players beset by GTA Online's crippling launch issues, writes Carl Prowl, Rockstar Games will be gifting every GTA Online user with 500,000 in-game currency. So, um, guys, have we, uh, I presume you guys have been playing this online or trying to play it online? No. 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 Server errors, server issues, and what have you. I've just, I've just not tried it. Oh wow! I knew there were no problems, so I just thought I'm not going to try. Oh wow! I um, I assume that some of our staff have actually managed to get into it. I've, oh, I did for a bit, but after the first three days of not being able to install it properly, to the freezing, to then trying to go online and then having my character deleted, yeah. and then yeah. finally making the character and it loading, and I have no arms. <laughs> to then freezing and then loading up again and the character with no arms being deleted and then starting again and then I realised you know what I'm sick of this I'll stop for now mm. yeah no, I haven't got me. I haven't gotten either I've tried but uh, to no avail so well when you get no, in no. just make sure you've got arms arms <laughs> are useful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah, my um, my mate's um, who's living with me at the moment, um, he's uh, got GTA Five and he actually completed it um, yesterday, which was fun. Um, I say completed, I mean the main campaign stuff, which I'm actually surprised how quickly he got through it. But I think a game like GTA is obviously um, it's um, you live on it through the side quests, I think, if anything else, because the, the uh, like um, I mean even like games like Oblivion and Skyrim or whatever, the, the main quest isn't really that long. It's this side quest that really. Um, make the game longer so um, yeah that, that was quite fun to see though uh, he hasn't tried it online either mainly because of those reasons 
Um, okay, um, let's move on to our last news story here, guys. New Mass Effect 4 designs are making my jaw drop, says Bioware producer. Uh, this was penned by Richard Archer. Uh, Bioware producer Mark Gamow has today tweeted a revealing comment about the studio's upcoming sci-fi RPG, Mass Effect 4. Uh, Gamble said, currently in uh, Mass Effect Sprint Review, some phenomenal work from all teams, but these characters turn character turnarounds are making my jaw drop. Uh, this fills me full of very happy thoughts, because I love Mass Effect, I'm still playing it now on my third full playthrough, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're doing with this. Obviously, we don't have much to go on apart from those comments, but if it's making his job, then that can only be a good thing. Right, guys? I presume we do have a few Mass Effect fans here. Whoa. Was that a song? Yeah, was... or... No, I do like my Mass Effect. Uh, I've played the first one. That's it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Who's playing with me? Anyone? Wait, say sorry. Play number two. Oh. I loved it. Oh, okay. I loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first one when I played it. I played two and three, and this is how much I played it. I, I almost got all the weapons maxed out. Oh, right. Wow. So that means I'm the only person here who's played all three of them all the way through. Yeah, I tried number one and I got glitched. Mm. Yeah, see, I, the glitches seemed to like me, so I, I glitched number one and I couldn't carry on because the story wouldn't load. That's so, I got bored. Well, okay, guys, for those of you who haven't <laughs> actually played through it, then if you can find the time, because they are quite big games, go really play them all because they're worth it, seriously. I won't get into why, but they are fantastic games, and 4 is definitely going to be... Whatever 4 is, personally, I'd like... I would actually like a prequel. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I would. I'd love to see something set before the... Um, Shepard's storyline, maybe the first contact war, something with the Turians, or maybe even the Krogans. That'd be as long fun. as you get to be as a Krogan, I don't mind. Yeah, that'd be great. Maybe one of Rex's earlier um, storylines. But anyway, yeah. I could go on about this all day, but I won't. So yeah, um, that's um, that's uh, kind of news in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, I'm in a nutshell! Yes, yeah, news in a nutshell, that was, guys. Um, uh, there's been quite a lot going on this week, and obviously we want to keep it condensed. Here. Obviously, uh, it's unfortunate that we did um, lose a few from when we uh, had to uh, <coughs> re-record and everything. But yeah, um, it's October now, so things are going to be heating up quite a lot, and um, I think we're going to be in with some quite big stories, especially with. Um, I think it's a. Uh, is it December that the Spike Video Games Awards awards come about, where they usually reveal some stuff? Am I right? That's scary, Mike, because I was just looking this morning. Wow. I was like, when is it? When is it? <laughs> it's got to be soon. I, I think it's December 7th. Yeah, from that's, what I can um, tell. that's when we uh, get our usual every like every other year. It's an, an Uncharted game, isn't it? We had yeah. Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3. And obviously, um, hopefully there'll be an Uncharted 4 announced. But I don't know. I know that not everyone on this team wants an Uncharted 4. But that's something for another day. <laughs> anyway, guys... Um, <laughs> Before we, um, we're not actually going to be doing the topic of the week uh, this time because we have actually an interview to um, transition into. This is with uh, CCP Games' uh, Jean-Charles Gourdichon. I do apologise if I got that name wrong. I'm very sorry. I'm hopeless at pronouncing names. But anyway, yes, um, PSU actually had the pleasure of speaking with him recently and we've got a roughly seven-minute interview now who's uh, the uh, new executive producer for, um, of course, Dust514. And guys, if you haven't um, checked out Dust514, then we do recommend you heading to psu.com now, doing a little search for it in the search bar and checking out Alex Locker's um, definitive review because you, I think you'll be quite impressed, actually. It's at, it's, um, we were really um, pleased with the game and you should definitely try it out. So with that, with that out of the way, guys, um, enjoy the interview and we will see you shortly. I just joined TCP as executive producer of Dust514. Thank you. And, and what's, your, what's your background? Where, where have you come from? What have you been doing? So basically I've been, so after the past five days at CCP, I was for 10 years at EA uh, Electronic Arts, and I've been basically, for them, started yeah. uh, learning the ropes of being a producer in Vancouver roughly, what, 10, 11 years ago, uh, on FIFA, because uh, being European in Vancouver was actually good to you were thrown on football right away, which which is fine by me. But that's basically where I learned. And from then, moved to uh, uh, Montreal, then Singapore, where the 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 the, the kind of uh, free to play story or kind of the emerging business models uh, story started for me at EA. And uh, so I've created kind of the the EA um, uh, dev capacity in Singapore to launch products like FIFA Online and uh, Need for Speed World, which was kind of the first contact. Um, going from 
uh, AAA console, AAA kind of uh, uh, the usual publishing into digital and free-to-play digital and that, and for that matter. So I basically uh, started that for two years. And uh, for after uh, pushing uh, FIFA Online to Korea, Need for Speed World back to Vancouver, spent another couple of years in Vancouver to launch Need for Speed World, and well, I mean, going through all the the, the rocky start of uh, of such products, and uh, and uh, and make it kind of uh, up to um, uh, uh, I said uh, kind of a cruise uh, cruise flight. And at that point, I moved to Dice Stockholm yeah. to take on to take on Battlefield Heroes, Battlefield Play for Free. Uh, uh, another new IP still in the same kind of. You can see already a common denominator now with all the products over the past kind of four or five years I've I've, uh, I've, I've been in charge of. It's usually kind of a downloadable uh, um, PC for that matter, uh, um, digital free-to-play products in reusing kind of major IPs, major electronic arts IPs, and that went all the way to uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so. I mean, what was it about CCP or its games that made you want to apply as an executive producer? Well, there's 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 two things. One, because I've always had a tremendous respect for this company, and that's and that's for Eve Online and and all the kind of technical prodigy and that this product is. I've always been quite a, first an avid gamer of Eve Online and and kind of a, just a, a very impressed producer on the other side of, of the world. Uh, uh, and that was the number one thing. Now. After we talked about two things that was extremely interesting to me, that was uh, Dust 514, which is, to me, the best way to capitalize all the stuff I've learned over the, what, four to five last years uh, to apply into a major product that is on the, on the, on the free-to-play market. And when I say major product, I said that a company that is fully dedicated to make this a success. Uh, and, and, and to me, that, was, that resonated very strongly. So that, that's the first one. The second one was to uh, push a team and a studio in Shanghai, in Asia. And I found that to be a tremendous challenge, uh, to, to first because the studio is in a really good place, and be able to keep pushing into that part of the world, which I've known a bit with Singapore, uh, was was also something extremely exciting. I mean, do, do you think, uh, I mean, having experience with the sort of free-to-play models in the past, do you think that is the sort of future for, um, for first-person, for, for shooters? Do you think that, that's, that's something that's going to sort of continue that more more developers are going to adopt? It, you know, it's, it's a really good question because the, the one thing I've learned in making products for that specific business model or our platform uh, um, is that it's actually not about the business model. It's about the game. It's about how good of a game you make, and then you, fa- you find the best way to sell it. Today, uh, there's, there's a big surge, or like football are going for free-to-play. Is that going to be the model in five to ten years from now? I would say, um, well, one, I don't know, to be honest. And two, it's, it's really tough to, I, I would even probably say no, because it's going to keep evolving. I think it, it's just going to go with however people consume these games. But one thing will, will remain, I think, a, a, you know, a, a constant into into that equation is to make the best game possible. And what I'm really happy to see, especially with a, a product like Dust 514, is now we're, you're starting to see um, a really deep uh, um, and and high quality product coming on that business model. Um, it's not always been the case uh, before, uh, but now you see actually uh, over the past what few years. Uh, much bigger products, or much better offering, I should say, uh, coming on that business model. Again, the business model to me doesn't make the game. It's just one way to, you know, consume or buy that game. In some parts of the world, and please stop me because I'm going to talk about it for two hours, but in in some part of the world, Asia, for instance, uh, there's no other way to consume a product. You know, there's no question around is that the right model or not. In in Europe, the Western Europe and and, and in the U.S. or North, North America, uh, it's coming, you know, but people today, for good reasons, are like, why would I switch, you know, if I, you know, can buy that or if I, so this is, we're in the middle of that right now. Um, but I think that, yes, I mean, the, the business model will keep growing, evolving into also something that feels less of a, sometimes a ripoff or less of a, you know, that the whole pay-to-win discussions around, around the, the product. I think that's, yeah. go, that's going to go away and that's already going away. I mean, I know, I know it's early days, but I mean, what do you think are your sort of biggest challenges with Dust at the moment? What, what's your main focus as, as you sort of take the role? Uh, I mean, the, the, 
first to understand its economy. No, I'm just kidding. But it's it's uh, not a, it, it's extremely deep, like any any kind of player-driven economy, and, and I yeah. actually love that. But um, no, I, I think to me it's really very much Polish that first experience that uh, you know taking the user by the hand and getting getting him or her through that once upon a time in the world of Dust Five One Four and probably get the, the the fiction, the emotional part, the kind of getting you jump off your seat type features back in the center of, of that experience. The game has a, a ton lot to offer. I don't know how you guys feel, but that's that's how I, I feel about it. It got it's extremely deep. Sometimes the depths you actually don't see at all in the first hour or two hours of play. And and I feel that it, there's 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 more work we can do to to uh, reveal that to the player, show him all that and and especially for people kind of getting first time into the whole Eve universe. Uh, uh, all people we need to know how to talk to uh, well and get them, kind of suck them into that that uh, engaging experience. That's one of the, you know, items that we should sure. head on fairly. But, I mean, that was definitely one of my own personal concerns when I first played this. I came from an SPS background where I wasn't mm-hmm. used to sort of this depth. And once I spent, a, a, you know, a lot of time with it, it's grown on me and grown on me. And then, you know, it's now my shooter that I play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how, how do you get that sort of, mentality changed by, you know, the masses who pay like Call of Duty. How do you, how do you get them into Dust? I mean, how, how are you going to sort of make Dust relevant as we, we head towards the sort yeah. of PS4? It, it's, it's a really good question because it is a fierce competition, <laughs> no question. There's some big players, and, and in the end, kind of a few of them being really big, just to name, you know, a few like Battlefield or, um, or uh, Call of Duty. I, I think there's a couple of things. So Dust first has the chance to have a, a single strength, which is an extremely deep meta game. And by having done a lot of these games before, that type of online experiences, it is the single most difficult thing to do with these games. How are you going to be able to give someone so much depth over multiple weeks, months, and years? And we know that if Universe gives us uh, that, give it already to Dust when you, when, you, when you get in there. But again, if we compare Dust to uh, you know, that technical prodigy again, as I was mentioning for EVE Online, but Dust is kind of the... Could, could be named the same. Uh, um, where we're going to compete is also on this super visceral uh, uh, experience that you need to get right off the bat. We're still, yeah. you know, why, why, are you, why are you playing that game in the first place? You know, what makes you jump off your seat and go, holy cow, what just happened? Because that's, that's what we're selling in most of the other experiences or FPS experiences because, well, that's, that's the whole point. Again, going back to the why am I playing this? Because, well, I'm sweating after an hour of, of, of playing this game and, and had a blast by myself or with some friends or some you know, strangers I've been matchmade against. Uh, to me, again, that's, that's the one thing, and I'm not going to just hate on that, but that's the one thing which on the first few hours something like, okay, cool. One, it's an awesome FPS. It's giving yeah. me you know, a lot of emotions and, and, and kind of up and downs in the experience. Also by... Perhaps at the beginning, simplifying a bit that experience to get to your core, as I said, visual experience that makes you understand what this game is about, what this fiction is about. You know, it's it's uh, what is it to be a faction in Eve Online? What is it to be a faction or within a faction in in uh, in Dust Five One Four? And from then, showing you and letting you loose after that into the whole world that and all the wonders that game has to offer. Um, right now, I would say that we'll probably let you loose a little too fast and and. And, you know, even myself, when I discovered the game from a complete user uh, uh, standpoint, which, which I obviously uh, did before taking the gig, I was kind of, okay, cool, I get that, I get that, and I'm, I'm an avid gamer. But it's tough to put all the pieces together uh, by yourself. You'd better be hella dedicated to, to do so. So I think there's, there's quite a bit to be done here. And then once we have that emotional level and kind of visual experience as high, basically, as the meta game. I think yeah. we have a, a hell of a place on the market. I mean, do, do you think the, uh, has, the, has the roadmap changed for Dust over the next sort of 12 months based on what's happened so far? Or are you, is it still all sort of planned out where you're going to go with it? Or uh, are you planning on changing it? Or has it evolved? Or Yeah, so, I mean, the, there's, there's two things for that. And, and I've been quite impressed so far, or very impressed actually uh, by joining CCP, is how much this company listens to the community. Uh, they have, you know, these community groups, which are kind of some specific people, which are uh, chosen or picked in the community, which give yeah. 
constant feedback that we keep listening to. That was the case on EVE Online. That's the case on the 514. And these are people we listen to all the time. My answer to your question is absolutely that roadmap has changed. Probably sometimes too much, even. That's the danger of being, you know, kind of, but uh, of being so close to, to, to what consumers want. But I can tell you that, yes, it's been changing a lot. It's still changing as, as we speak. Why? Because the game is evolving, because the game is, is hitting some barriers that we haven't seen six months ago and that we have to uh, uh, react to, basically. So uh, absolutely, the roadmap from what I've seen, again, and what we're doing now and what it's going to be tomorrow, has been evolving and will keep evolving a lot. And I think, to be honest with you, that's probably the only way right now to make such games. I don't think you can be on a stuck roadmap per, per year on it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you guys, um, I mean, there's, there's quite a few, like, FPS, um, there's quite a few, sorry, I think War Thunder is one of them, quite a few free-to-play games, like, launching around, sort of, PS4 time. Does that worry you? I mean, h- how, um, how are you guys going to sort of, are you, you going to sort of remarket it around PS4 launch, or, you know, what have you got planned to sort of stand out from the, from the crowd? So, so just to, to repeat your question, just to be sure, so you're saying there's a lot of competition coming on free-to-play shooters, Yeah, right? yeah, and coming up, uh, yeah, on, yeah. on the yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, first. I gotta I gotta be uh, give kudos to CCP and the team for being you know roughly the first ones to have such a, a big free to play experience on on, on console. Uh, I think yes. that's, that's and and on PlayStation and obviously giving kudos to PlayStation because I'm I'm super impressed from what I've seen. I had a few meetings already uh, uh, last week and uh, and how kind of how supportive they are of CCP trying to offer that awesome experience on console. Um, and I've been around, you know, console makers for quite some time, and I, I must, uh, I must admit that we're blessed of having kind of PlayStation as a, as a, as a partner. But when it comes to co- competition, there's two things. One, I think, as I said, that I'm very confident that the depth, the meta game, of a product like CCP with the kind of each universe behind, is going to be extremely hard to match, unless you can write 10 years of history, very quickly to basically get to that huge universe that you surface in the game. And don't get me wrong, it is a hell of a hard task to do, and I'm still scratching my head to really kind of find the best ways to get that surface to, to everyone coming to, to, that, to the game. Uh, yeah. uh, that will, I think, is a very strong competitive advantage. The second thing, to be honest, is from a pure business standpoint, the more the merrier. I really think that, you know, there's, there's uh, a ton of fishes in the sea, that's probably a really bad way to, to uh, as an analogy for gamers, but <laughs> you know, for 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 FPS, for free to play FPS to become played by everyone, if you see what I mean, to be well, uh, I would say like um, uh, widely accepted is, is what yeah. I'm trying to uh, to, uh, to excuse my Frenchness, but uh, that's that's pretty much the, the 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 two things which to me to be honest is not a bad thing at all that there's more competition coming and also think that does 514 has some uh, very strong competitive advantage already to to fight on that market hi guys welcome back to uh, episode 11 of playstation unchained psu.com's one and only podcast that was our interview with jean-charles gordichon of ccp games new executive producer on dust 514 um, you're joined by your host, Mike Harrodens, along with Ben, Lee, and Paul. Um, we're very pleased you're still listening, and I also meant to say this earlier on, but we are very thankful for you guys who have been sticking by us and taking us into the double digits, because obviously we passed episode 10 last week, so we're very pleased that. Here's to the next 10, 20, 30, hell, 50 episodes. Um, okay, we're going to carry on now, guys, um, by looking briefly at some reviews that we've been doing. Uh, first up, we have by Mr. Dane Smith who is currently now residing in Canada and not Japan. So he's now our Canadian editor. Um, He has reviewed um, Disgaea D2, A Brighter Darkness review. Um, He says uh, his caption is what a JRP should be. He gave it a 9 out of 10. I summarized, NIS shows us tradition can easily hang with the Hollywood blockbusters of the video game world. The best game in the series, Disgaea D2, has humor, depth, and story that will keep players entertained for weeks on end. Uh, he liked the uh, tradition in, blockbuster in, in the blockbuster industry, the humor and fan service, and, I quote, so much depth. However, he disliked musical store, which, the musical score, sorry, which he still feels is weak, and the quick and obvious story. Um, I haven't played this game at all, guys. I don't know if any of you have who want to chime in on that. I presume you haven't. I've given the Vita version a try, but I'm rubbish at strategy games, so... Well, oh. they're not strategy, but they're strategy RPGs. 
Fair enough. And I'm rubbish at them, so... Okay, um, now we have, um, this is the big one, guys, I did mention, touch on this briefly, uh, we have Beyond Two Souls uh, review, an interactive experience you won't want to miss, says Stephen Williamson. He gave us a mighty 9.5 out of 10, as I did allude to earlier, a lot of sites haven't actually been too kind to this, um, but we were one of the highest scores, and deservedly so from the look of it. Because Beyond Two Souls is so unique, powerful, and engaging, it's easy to forgive, to forgive some of its gameplay flaws. Quite simply, it's stunning production. Uh, the plus points of this game is visually, it's in a different league to many games on PS3. Stunning facial animation and locations. Uh, next one is great characters, great plot, excellent twists, and a fitting, a fitting conclusion. Uh, the last plus point is the action sequences are superb, and switching between Jody and Aiden delivers a unique mechanic. Like all games, though, there are a few negatives, and Stephen found that some interactions are over-excessive and gameplay pods along on occasion. Finally, the last negative point was the action sequences are so good, we would have liked to have seen more, which is kind of a, uh, a good point and a bad point, I guess, when you look at it. Um, as I said, I haven't played this game yet, guys. Um, I can't remember what you... Uh, have you actually played the game yet at all? Someone's played the demo, right? Yeah, I played the demo, and I did enjoy it. Okay. Um, anyone else? Uh, I take it, um, Ben. Uh, not, not Ben. Sorry, Lee and Paul. You haven't touched it since we re-recorded at all. Nope. Over no. The okay. Fair play. Okay. Right. That leads us then to the last um, review by Timothy Nunes, uh, NBA 2K14 review. Beautiful execution with little things standing in its way. He says. He summarizes NBA. 2K14 rewards, rewards those willing to learn a new way to use the right joystick and takes from still existing modes everything great that they have to offer. Though the experience may be narrow, the beautiful, immersive gameplay stands on its own among the rest of the sports gaming genre. As ever, we have three uh, plus points, if you like. Um, those were the joystick controls are effective and rewarding. Sports games never look better. And the fact that it gives new players immersive incentive. However, the three negative points were limited game modes Animation-heavy gameplay can be costly and minimal incentive for veteran players. Uh, so again, it sounds like something for um, newbies there. Um, he gave us an 8.5 out of 10, um, which is some very positive scores, actually, this week, um, which is nice to see. Uh, again, I haven't played this game at all. Um, I, not, um, I think, um, unless you're a sports aficionado, you probably won't get your hands on this, I imagine. Uh, guys, um, I take it you haven't played it at all? No, no I haven't. Okay, that's the reviews, guys. So now we're going to be um, tucking into what games that have been eating, our, uh, eating up our time uh, recently. I will actually change, shift things up a bit by asking Ben first what he's been going, and I'll wait until last. So, Ben, what have you been playing? Ah, um, Pokemon X and Y, actually, to be honest. That's what I've been, well, Pokemon X, mostly. Um, and Final Fantasy fourteen, of course. Of course. I, that's in my veins. In my veins. It's in my veins. But, yeah, all of the finals... <laughs> Anyway, I'm enjoying that a lot. It's really addictive. Uh, I'm two fight, one fight away now, actually, from my best weapon. Oh, great. So, awesome. once I find people that aren't idiots, then I might actually get the best weapon in the game. Well, one of the best weapons. Yay! Do you, um... I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about this game, but do you find that the, um... The amount of people playing it is still... Is it got still got strong support it's I still pretty it's still... good yeah there's still a load of people online alright cool so it's still heavy, heavily yeah populated. it's going to be heavy populated for years for years yeah well that's good then longevity with an MORPG is what you want after all um, is that all you've been playing then yeah yeah, pr yeah pretty much ok cool um, Lee how about you mate what have you been playing lately well I've been playing uh, GTA 5 as uh, as you'd expect I've been uh -huh. playing GTA 4 because I wasn't really that familiar with it before I went to five. Um, I've been playing Ratchet and Clank Size Matters since I've just got my hands on a Vita. Um, and Lee, are you a plus member? Oh no, it's not Ratchet and no, Clank, it's, it's Jack and Daxter. Sorry. Because um, Jack and Daxter collectors, um, what you call it? Um, Jack and Daxter trilogy is free for Vita owners. Ah. Yeah, because that was the game I was literally just going to mention because I've just been playing that on the PS3. Nice. Um, and I've been doing that for Dane's Trophy Marathon, uh, which, I, awesome. Ben, I think we're both quite... Yeah, we're both quite last. Table. I blame Final <laughs> Fantasy for that. I'm going to blame that. <laughs> is, that is, is Final Fantasy fourteen? Has it got a big trophy list? Oh, it's got a big trophy list, but the trophies are ridiculously 
to they're not hard to get they just take forever uh, mine a thousand times um yeah that's not really what you want to do when you're uh doing a trophy competition goldsmith you know, you one thousand times is that you want to you want to do like uh the stuff like hannah montana to get the uh, yeah easy <laughs> yeah i want trophies but yeah nah yeah you're not going to sing to that no 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 i'm not not yet anyway oh, Hannah Montana, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, actually, I, I, I'll tell you a funny story. My mate, I'm not going to say his name due to whole this, um, bought it because he likes trophies. Um, he, he lives in in the same place as me. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I know him in real life, so that's why I'm not naming him. Um, yeah. he bought the He actually bought a copy of that game, and for a few months after he bought it, every time he went to the store, they took the piss. <laughs> they used to say his first name and then end it with Montana every time they saw him. You see, why why would he do that? As Amazon, <laughs> you could do it yeah. If you're going to play a really crap game for trophies, don't buy it in a shop. No, you buy it online. But yeah, so that became a running joke for a while. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, cool. Um, okay, uh, Paul, how about you, mate? What have you been playing? Uh, playing GTA 5. Single Sweet. player, not multiplayer. GTA 5. Awesome. How are you finding it? Uh, well, I've done the single player main story for a while now. I've just doing like side missions. Oh, you know, right. like, like where you come across like random people and you do stuff like the ones I'm doing are these two British tourists. Uh -huh. And what you've got to do is like steal that celebrity sort of um, oh, like, yeah, clothing and things like that. And um, yeah. the, <laughs> the latest mission I've done is where we've had to kidnap an in-game celebrity <laughs> chased him chased him you know through the streets of Los Santos made him crash and then stuck him in boot of the oh, car yeah, <laughs> yeah Swift Trevor oh so, Trevor's amazing he is just <laughs> mad Trevor oh yeah he's mental isn't he yeah. oh dear okay well that just leaves me I guess um uh, as I mentioned earlier I, I've been playing Mass Effect still I'm on Mass Effect 2 uh, third playthrough um, third trilogy playthrough that is um, I'm just finishing up some of the loyalty missions before like the, the main suicide mission, so I'm enjoying that. I've got the two DLC characters, um, Zaid and Kasumi, who are really, really cool, actually. That's been nice. And uh, as, I, um, as I said before, it's a femship file, female shepherd, which is really cool. I actually um, customised her this time for the first time, so it's a, a bit more personal touch um, in terms of um, my character, which is kind of cool. It does feel like a different experience, which is nice. Apart from that, I've been playing um, a bit of Soul Sacrifice here and there, and mainly GTA Liberty City Stories on the um, PS Vita. Um, I'm really loving that game. Um, it's uh, Just the whole gangster vibe is just great. It's um, Obviously, it doesn't look that great these days, but it doesn't really matter. It's still addictive as hell. And, you know, Donny Cipriani, you know, he's such a great character. You know, you don't want to mess yeah. with him because he will... He will fill you with concrete boots and chuck you in the river. You know what I'm saying? Hey, capiche? Yeah. So that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really cool. I just dig that whole gangster vibe. Like, you know, got good fellas and everything. Uh, it's actually quite a long game as well. I'm not even halfway through it. And I've been playing it for a couple of months. But it's probably been because <laughs> I've been doing side things as well, not the whole missions. But, yeah, some of those rampages are really brutal. Though. I had to burn 20 civilians in, like, two minutes with Molotov cocktails. So <laughs> that's just crazy man uh yeah but that's um pretty much it really a bit of tekken 6 now and there just to keep training so i'm not too crap when i next play whoever online or whatever um that's about it really uh so yeah um i do hope to move on to gta 4 soon because i haven't actually played that yet um but, yeah i know i know i know i said we said this on the first podcast that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> our first yeah. it's that uh, yeah it's, it's a sh it's shameful i know but there we go sue me um to be fair you're not missing much I don't say that. I was looking forward to it. <laughs> I, that that is a controversial opinion. Yeah, yeah. I I've, I've read about the opinions and stuff about GTA. Well, I am Jim Sterling. I have to have my controversial opinions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm, yes, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that in terms of um what we've been playing and stuff. And I think it's uh 
time to start wrapping things up actually if i because um this is obviously our second attempt at this so things are a bit haphazard i'm trying my brain is going through many thoughts right now i'm trying to think have i forgotten something but i don't think i have but guys do you, is there anything you want to mention quickly at all um any any shout outs oh yes we do have a shout out of course with our new gaming show server era 500 yep which is the brains uh, brainchild of uh, justin titus who's been with us quite a long time oh, he's, he's been up. around for years yeah, joined even before I did in the early 2007, I believe. Uh, and of course, we can't forget the um, our awesome host as well, who I'm not going to even uh, attempt to name because I just cannot pronounce the name at all. But she's doing a fantastic job, Majana. I think Ma her name is uh, Majana. Um, Maj yeah. yeah, I think it is. Or is it... Yeah. Um, either way, yeah, she's, she's incredibly a... beautiful and very smart. Yeah, she is. She's fantastic. She's um, she speaks English better than I can sometimes as well. <laughs> better than all of us, but yeah. She, um, yeah, she's from Finland. Um, she's a big game fan, especially Resident Evil, apparently, so that's great. Um, she's doing a great job. She gets better. Obviously, we've only had two episodes, but um, the um, just the, the difference between the first episode and the second has just been great. She's really fitting into the role great. And if Justin's correct, which I don't know if he's true, she's a fan of me. Yes, she is. No, he told me the same thing. She um, she likes the podcast, and you're a favourite voice, apparently. Yay! But you're, you're a favourite of many people, so, you know, what Aww. can I say? <laughs> um, I don't think we actually have any emails to read out, unfortunately. So, guys, please, um, we need more emails, guys, or we need more tweets. Tweet us, you know, and email us at podcast.psu.com. Um, keep, um, keep sending us your questions, comments, and criticism, as long as it's clean, folks. Um, you know, we want to hear back from you. Uh, I've got um, a bit of a disappointment now to announce. Okay, go ahead. Our special guest will not be able to make it next week. Oh, wow. This is actually... We didn't know this at the time before a weekend when we first tried, did no, we? No, but I was just contacted today. Oh, wow. Well, that's a... So... I suppose... I'm sorry, everyone, but he's going to be busy. Oh, right. I was going to say, why can't he make it? But I want to say thank you again, Chin, and I hope we get you sometime soon. Um, yes. And I look forward to when you have it, when we have you on here, because we miss you. Well, I do anyway. And yeah. I met the guy no, and I yeah, see, he misses you already. He doesn't know you really. So we hope to get you on, but good luck with everything you're doing right now. And have fun at the expo in a couple of weeks, and have fun in Spain. Wow, Spain! Yeah, awesome. in three weeks, Spain. But still, have fun in Spain. Right. Oh, great! Have a great time, mate. Uh, thanks for the update on that, Ben. Actually, because I was about to um, go on to say we have a special guest next week, but <laughs> no, that's <laughs> okay. But we will be back next week, guys. Um, we might be uh, actually. It might be the US guys if we can't. Um, if we don't. Well, no, it'll have, it, have to be us. Oh, it will be. I'll, us. I'll tell you why in a minute. Oh, okay. For, well, tell me now. Okay. Um, the other guest, the other host, Carl, will be on holiday next week. Oh, great! Everyone's on holiday. <laughs> wow, that's a, have a great holiday. Carl. Yeah, have a good holiday, Carl. Yeah, well, where was I when I was just talk, talking about? Uh, it's just <laughs> why everyone telling me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're our go-to guy, Ben. Well, okay. Well, in that case, uh, we will be back next week, the UK team. Um, unless there's anything, uh, Paul, anything to say at all? No, no. Paul, Lee, any shout-outs you want to do? Anything? Um, no, no, nothing, nothing to say. Cool, cool. That's all right. And Ben, it's a shame since it's a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, no, Last few shout-outs from me is hello, uh, Alfonso. Hello, oh, my oh, mate Jamie. Oh. Hello, Crimson Canucci. I can never uh, hope I said your name right. Uh, I really look forward to listening to your podcasts. Um, and I think that's that. Yeah, that's it for me. Hello, <laughs> Mum. <laughs> Hello. Hello, his mom. <laughs> Thank God for me. Yeah, that was um episode 11 guys of playstation unchained we hope you enjoyed the show and we're sorry if it was a little bit haphazard but as i said we had audio problems with our first attempt on friday uh we're recording this now on sunday night so hopefully it should be up tomorrow which is monday um yeah that's about it guys and join us again next week we should be if all goes to pound the podcast the next podcast after this will be up obviously around the usual time on the weekend because we like to obviously try and get it up on a sunday um, so yeah, hopefully fingers fingers crossed. Touch wood. I actually did touch wood just then. Actually, I touch wood um, as well. <laughs> that everything will go okay. Um, 
thank you again, guys, for listening to us. It's been a pleasure. And again, yes, hello, Fonz, if you're listening to our super podcast, PSU fan. Um, send us some questions, man. You're the only one who sends us questions. So send, us send us some more. questions. <laughs> please send us. We want your questions. Podcast at PSU.com, guys. And also, um, don't forget to contact us on Twitter as well. Um, ben can be contacted at... Chile underscore UK. Lee can be contacted at... Mr. Lee Millington. And lastly, Paul can be contacted at... Paul underscore Kelly one. Oh, we had to think about it there for a bit, but that's all right. <laughs> I can't be contacted at anything on Twitter, but you can email me, mike.harridance at psu.com, or alternatively, podcast at psu.com, because it's usually me who replies to you. So with that said, guys, we hope you had a fantastic weekend. Have a great week, and take it easy. See you later, guys. See ya. See ya.